You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Referral Mortgages and Blue Panda Realty, with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate in our nation's capital. Good morning. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Amazing. I never know. We never know what's going to happen when we uh, when we fire up the cameras, eh? Just get silly. Just get silly. Uh, today is uh, one of the last weeks in April. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're buzzing. We were talking. It's funny. It feels like just yesterday I said we're, we're a quarter of the way through the year. Well, now we're four twelfth of the way through the year. Uh, <laughs> we're a third. We went from a quarter to a third. Um, how's, how's everything been going? How, what, have you guys been, uh, what have you guys been seeing? A lot of changes this week. I know we're going to touch on the budget, some Airbnb stuff. We had a request from one of our listeners to talk about condos. Mm -hmm. Why don't we start by introducing ourselves since I completely missed that. Greg? Who are you, Paul? Who are you, Paul? (laughs) (laughs) uh, My name is Paul Stevenson. I am one of the hosts of the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. And I'm also an owner and mortgage agent at Referral Mortgages. My name is Greg Campbell. I'm a partner and realtor at Blue Panda Realty and uh, also a host of the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, the most informative show on real estate in Ottawa's real estate market. <laughs> we'll work on that one, right? Wow. In the greater Ottawa I, I was, area. I was close. In the greater wow. Ottawa The GOA. I was close. I was close. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm David Warren, co-host of the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast here in Ottawa. Uh, also a mortgage agent and owner of Referral Mortgages, local Ottawa mortgage brokerage with uh, offices across Ontario now. This is what I love about this show is we come on here. We're all just so goddamn comfortable with each other that we can just, uh, we can just talk. You know, we're, we're, we're basically announcing we, ourselves just for the listeners, but we, we obviously, and, and, uh, yeah, exactly. And we don't take ourselves too seriously, which, you know, it can be, it can be a problem in business at times. It can. <laughs> so big announcement. I mean, people taking themselves too seriously can be a yes, problem. Yeah. <laughs> not having fun, not having fun. <laughs> Big, big week in uh, big week across the country in, in many facets, but uh, primarily for us, the federal budget proposal kind of came out Monday, at least what they're, what they're hoping to push through. Uh, it's now gone um, to voting, right, David? Uh, so what do you guys, what were your kind of main takeaways from the federal budget? And, uh, you know, what can people expect to see as far as changes coming up in the market? Uh I mean, it being the first budget in two years uh, that the feds have put out is, you know, certainly interesting, obviously historically high deficit that you'll see and and big spending coming out of the pandemic, Um, you know, from a real estate standpoint, which is obviously what we're focusing on uh, some interesting ones, uh, you know, nationwide uh, vacancy tax on, on vacant properties uh, Uh to, to stem the tide of, of speculative buying by foreign buyers or even of, you know, individuals within Canada. Uh, I thought that was interesting. There's, you know, it's been going on. Vancouver, I think announced it. They've, they've had it for a few years now. Toronto brought it in, but, uh, but the fact they're going to put it nationwide, I think is a good thing. Um, Mm -hmm. at least on my, uh, from my end, uh, my perspective. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the other was, what the hell were we talking about the other right before this? I'm missing the the other the main one. Yeah, on the budget. <laughs> Shoot. What? What else were we talking about? <laughs> the stress testing. Can't even remember. Stress test? No, no, no. We did that last week. Well, no, but that was uh, the luxury t- luxury goods tax. Uh, vacancy tax. Vacancy, vacancy tax. Yeah. 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 Vacancy. Um, and yeah, I mean the, 
we'll kind of see how things roll from that into, uh, into all our other areas. I mean, it's not something that vacancy task isn't something that's going to be drastically uh, a drastic change in, in supply, but, uh, or, or properties on the market, you know, stemming the tide there, but combine that with this new stress test for 20% and up, which, you know, really is kind of looking more at the higher end price points and, and what that stress test is affecting. It's not affecting anyone with high ratio mortgages, uh, meaning less than 20% down. Um, so that'll be, that'll be interesting to see how that, how that kind of flows through everything else. And, and also obviously this additional, you know, crazy spending, I think it's about 400 billion that they're, that is tabled for the, uh, for the budget. And a lot of that's, you know, spending within infrastructure and, in Canada. So it'll be, that'll be an interesting thing to see how that bumps up different economies and, and how that affects real estate. Uh, and, and they also announced, you know, recently last week that, uh, there was an article talking about the increase in, uh, immigration. They, you know, they've opened up the borders more for 2021, 400,000. They've increased that target for immigration to 400,000 new, uh, in new people to Canada, which is a great thing. The problem that we've keep talking about. And uh, Minister Freeland even touched on is that the main issue being supply and none of these rules and none of these changes with vacancy tax or anything don't address supply, which is the biggest issue. You bring, you know, we have 400,000 coming to Canada, which is great. Uh, however, you need to house them. And yeah. this then pushes, you know, they need housing, affordable housing. And then this pushes the people that are already in affordable housing, where do they go? And so I know there is, uh, I think it's about one and a quarter, one and a half billion allocated for increasing affordable housing, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that, you know, ripple effect has on the affordable housing, you know, area, but then also into, you know, that first time home buyer or people getting into the market of owning and not renting and, and kind of that ripple effect, how that, you know, these other changes, whether they uh, make any impact. So. And I guess a big part of this too, is like new build construction. That's like not happening as aggressively as it has in the past. Mm -hmm. so how in the world do we accommodate all this immigration. So like, you know, it's, it's, it can't be all resale. I mean, I know there's still new builds happening, but it's just not nearly to the capacity that it was before because of what's been going on. And the yeah, cost, you, you just need flat, know. flat out new product. Uh, I was speaking to a yeah. builder yesterday, a uh, small builder doing custom homes and, uh, and their build cost at per square foot is three fifty. You know, they're building higher wow. end homes. Uh, you know, this was two years ago, two and a half years ago, build costs were in and around, you know, 175, you were 225 a square foot on, you know, going high end. Uh, they're seeing 350 right now based on increased costs in, uh, in windows and lumber, uh, doors, anything manufacturing, anything wood product. Plywood. Plywood. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, costs have, have really, you know, funny. I was on, uh, so <clears throat> I was on site of property yesterday and we were, uh, we were looking at kind of insulation and things like that. And there was a piece of, you know, maybe five foot by five foot plywood on the wall. And I looked at it and he was like, wow, we can just rip that down. And I thought to myself, that's a thousand dollar piece of plywood right there. You know, we got to put that on eBay or something. Um, yeah. Supplies are, are through the roof right now. Even people wanting to do uh, home renovations, you know, I know like all supplies are down. Home Depot is, is a disaster. Anyone who's dealt with Home Depot in the last few months, uh, you know, as far as the main supply chain is uh, is a disaster, and I know even uh, you know I, I was speaking to a small builder as well this week, and they were they were saying that they've had to go into deep like rural parts of Quebec in order to get wood, like they like they can't even get them. Like typically they go across the border, 
uh, get them from some uh, some companies just on the on the Quebec side. Now they're having to go into like deep rural Quebec just to get just to get supplies, which is you know mm-hmm. pretty wild. And now you know if you're getting checked at the uh, border saying that you need, yeah. you need some wood, that could uh, yeah. could slow things down even further. So I I have a uh, I have a client that uh, is trying to do renovations to his duplex that he just bought and and update the entire basement. They can't get lumber for for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are like, there's none available and then their project is completely stalled because of it. It's, uh, you know, and that's just small renovation and, and yeah, it's, it's certainly that, that supply, the supply chain issue is ongoing and, and I mean, who the hell knows when that's going to let up as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like the whole, you know, budget, the potential budget based on a lot of these things is just like, it's not going to, uh, anyways, nothing's going as planned, obviously. No, and rates are, you know, Bank of Canada <laughs> held their held their overnight rate as well this week. So that was something that was, uh, you know, kind of relevant for us, but um, just means that, you know, the, the, they expect still, I think it was end of 2022, they're saying now they, they probably will increase that overnight rate, which is still another year and a bit that you can... Uh, benefit from the from the low variables and and low variable rates and so on and and that's and that's only if the economy expands Mm. at a drastic rate that they'll touch it end of 2022 yeah so Um, they're thinking inflate they 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 had to keep an eye on inflation which was kind of the main factor there and and uh they want to make sure that they're not they're not increasing it too fast where it uh you know there's still a lot of people that that are in tough positions financially right now because of the pandemic and, and restrictions and so on and um you know, you just can't, you can't raise them too fast, too, too quick, too fast, or else, uh, or too high, too fast, or otherwise that, that creates a whole other, uh, wheel of problems, right? Mm-hmm. A wheel of problems. A wheel of problems. <laughs> the whole wheel of cheese. <laughs> oh God. I just had, oh, anyways, I just had uh, those visions of people that sit in those tires and roll down the hills. Oh yeah. It's like, I also that's what have it feels a like that now. Thanks for yeah. that. <laughs> um, let's say uh, I, w- I want to get into this. Uh, can I dip into this condo thing guys? Yeah, do it. Okay. Sure. So yeah, we got, we got a, a, a comment last night. Someone messaged us on the page and asked if we could do uh, something about the condo market. So I was up early this morning reading that message and I figured why not just dive into this right now and, and get some numbers for everybody. So what I looked at is uh, basically central Ottawa from lower town to Dow's Lake. And then Hintonburg was the furthest West. Um, basically anything in the city around that zone. And what I did was condos between 300 to 900,000. The most interesting part I I thought of this is that there was nothing over 700,000 in terms of condos. Mm. It went to a million after that, basically, or like high nines into a million. Um, So this is basically between 300 to just over 700, 715, I think was the highest sale. So right now, there's in that area alone in the in the central Ottawa. There's 97 active condos for sale. Hmm. There, well, 90, 97 condos for sale. There's 54 since April 1st. Wow. Um, there's 12 conditionally sold, and there's been 78 sold since April 1st. Wow. So that's you know there, there's a lot available, but there's like that's still a pretty big number of of sold. But- Go ahead. I mean, I was going to say, if you're, if you think about it, you said 78 sold since yeah. April 1st and 97 yeah. on the market currently. I mean, mm-hmm. again, you're, 
effectively just about a month worth of supply then on the market. Yeah. Right. If you're thinking yeah. about in that area, 78 sold in the, in three, not even three, I guess three weeks, exactly almost, uh, yeah. or just over. And, uh, and we're almost at what, what the supply is out there. That's wild. Yeah. And the, the average price is 450. The minimum sale was 325 and the top was that one at 715. It sold for 732. Um, and that's studio, one bedroom, two bedroom. Like I just, it's all over the map. It's mm -hmm. just an average period. Right. Um, so now this, this is really interesting. I thought, so I decided to go into rentals. So that's, that's right going to be one of my questions. <clears throat> yeah. So there's 156 active rentals in that same area, central Ottawa condos. Some of those have been on since October, 2020, which is mind blowing. Um, and since April 1st, 36 have rented and there's 58 new on the market since April 1st, average price, $2,175 minimum, 1300 max $3,700 Easter weekend dog. That's what it that's is. A lot, that's a lot of rentals. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I, I think I'm just doing my show. <laughs> I think a lot of that, a lot of that rental market in center town is, uh, you know, the issue with, with, with people trying to, uh, you know, get, get tenants and, and a lot of those vacant properties is, is really because of, uh, you know, there's no school in right now, you know, you've got, uh, there's no universe, no university students really, uh, you know, in, in the city from, from maybe outside and, uh, <laughs> And then we, you know, then we've got, uh, you know, so we've, we're lacking the students from out of town going to Carleton or Ottawa U. And then as well, I think, you know, you're saying some as far back as October, 2020, uh, you know, people just aren't working downtown either. So it'd be, it's mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to see kind of that rip, you know, if those people just that would typically be renting here, rented in the outskirts instead, uh, for a slightly lesser rate or, or how that that's, uh, or more space maybe. Um, yeah. but I'm surprised like even the, you know, 36 rented 58 new and then 150. So that's technically, that's like a hundred still on the market since dating, you know, potentially from October, November, December, you know, through to mm -hmm. April. Um, Greg, do you know, wow. I, I don't know if this is even a, a public stat, but of those properties that are listed, do you know what percentage would be owner occupied? I mean, that's not something that you would be privy that I, to, right? No. No. Cause I'm just, uh, you know, with all the stuff coming about coming out about question. Airbnbs and things like that, I'm just wondering if some people are offloading some potential investment properties, taking their, taking their profits and, and reinvesting elsewhere. I would have wondered if that had any, had any impact on, on those listings coming out. I mean, obviously time of year has a big impact, but with all the kind of proposed changes and lockdowns, I mean, we know that lockdowns have, have forced people to look at their, their lifestyle. And a lot of people are looking for, you know, bit more space, bit more land, willing to move outside the city, that sort of thing. So I, I just, it'd be interesting to know what the, the motivations are behind these sellers of the condos. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I, I personally worked with two buyers in the last couple of months that were in that scenario. They were working from home, both had good jobs working from home in a condo. They moved to Orleans and Barhaven. Yeah. You know, they just, they didn't, they, they're like, I want more space. I can't live like this anymore. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the federal, you know, federal employees, uh, you know, obviously working from home are able to move elsewhere. And then you've got a big, a huge employer downtown who uh, right at the beginning Shopify announced, you know, we talked about it ages ago, but Shopify announced that they were closing their Elgin office, which they have, it's been released now. Um, but 
that's a huge employer for Centertown that, you know, a lot of those employees that would have been working from that office would hypothetically be, would have been renting in, you know, Tribeca or, you know, uh, the Gotham or one of those, you know, those condos are in and around kind of close to Elgin. So I think there's a lot of ripple effect there as well with when you combine everything, but, but to Paul's point about the Airbnb stuff, uh, you know, this just yesterday, the city of Ottawa made some, uh, you know, it's gone now to council, but they've approved some changes to the Airbnb rules, uh, which will again be interesting to see, you know, what supply comes on the market as a result of that. What are the main um, uh, what are the main takeaways that you saw Dave from the from the proposed changes? Uh so they followed the the same guidelines or or same uh parameters that Toronto instituted in 2019 uh where you can only Airbnb your primary residence uh so at, up to a maximum of 6 months of the year uh and or your cottage. So it has so the only the only the only properties you can rent are your primary residence or a cottage. They will not, you'll need a license. So it's a, uh, a two-year license will be a hundred dollars or $110 or something of that nature, basically just so that city knows who's Airbnb from a, a management standpoint. Uh, and they will not be issuing licenses to any corporations. So if you own a rental property in a holding company or anything of that nature, they will not issue there to a condo. If your units in a condo, they will not issue there. Um, really, you know, they're, they're tightening down what they're uh, going to issue licenses on and, and monitor and, and how they're going to monitor that is they're hiring six bylaw enforcement uh, individuals to, to monitor that specifically. So, so um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Luloff actually forwarded me a uh, communication scenario note when the show first started uh, and it mm-hmm. has some, some kind of key highlights that I can just kind of read off here. So Absolutely. This is pro- the proposed bylaw would, and then this is, this is within city council. It says require anyone seeking to list their principal residence on short-term rental platforms to first obtain a host permit from the city, which you mentioned. I have a separate permit system for cottage rentals, including rural vacation homes, cottages, secondary suites, and coach houses. Require short-term rental platforms and property managers to register with the city and share necessary data. Allow condominium corporations, landlords, and cooperatives to register with the city to block short-term rentals on their properties and institute measures to address illicit rentals and other violations. So this is going to be in effect for three years, uh, which they say is going to allow them time to study the effectiveness and suggest improvements. Uh, It's anticipated to cost $2.3 million, uh, including six temporary full-time equivalent positions for administration, enforcement, and data analysis. Uh, All costs would be recovered through user fees and municipal accommodation tax revenues. Does it say on there, does uh, Mr. Luloff indicate what the commencement date or start date of this would be? Um, and Matt, if you're listening, feel free to, uh, to comment in the, uh, in the chat. No, it does not. Uh, one thing I did find interesting though, is that they, you know, one of the reasons why they're pushing this through is because of uh, neighboring properties of Airbnbs are saying that they they kind of become the the term they're using is ghost hotels where it's just mm-hmm. nonstop parties, uh, you know, late night things happening that uh, that shouldn't be happening on these properties, and and people just have no recourse because they may not even know the owners, right? I mean, the owner could be like you said, a corp or a foreign investor, and they're just just pumping out that Airbnb revenue, which. You know, Airbnb is an amazing service, but I mean, when it came out, it was definitely the Wild West, right? It was just kind of uh, list your, you know, register your your portfolio, show that you have a registered ID, and and uh, let people stay in your home for money. It was pretty, you know, it was kind of the Wild West, and I think now they're they're kind of recuperating, and some of these things may be overkill for for a couple of years, but as I said, I think three years is a reasonable sample size where they can actually get a feel for for how it's being used and and how the permits work and so on. 
Um, I mean, these sorts of things, especially when it comes to, you know, safety and, and homes and even most, mostly about the, the actual residents of the city, you know, not people visiting, not the Airbnb users, or maybe the foreign investors that own those properties. Um, you know, regulations aren't necessarily a bad thing when it comes to housing. No, there's, I think there's clearly a reason to do this. And I mean, the fact that they're kind of putting a timeline together to get it done, it makes complete sense. You know, they're going to test it out, see what's working and, uh, you know, report back to us. I think it'll be interesting to see, uh, from a tourism standpoint and a cost of accommodations though, uh, this puts everything on the hotels to, you know, to be the sole, point of accommodations, you know, it'll reduce a lot of those Airbnbs, which then forces people that are coming to nation's capital to visit from a tourism standpoint to stay in the hotels. So it'll be interesting coming out of this where there's a lot of hotels that are closed or that have shut down, you know, the Sheridan closed down completely. Lord Elgin has been closed the entire, uh, past or since the pandemic basically started. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see when, we're over this hump and tourism picks back up within, you know, being uh, the nation's capital of how, how this impacts families, you know, coming to visit where they stay, the cost of accommodations, you know, a lot of people use Airbnb cause it's an apartment or it's a whole home um, and, and less expensive. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects. And then obviously on the real estate side, how that affects. Uh, just one, one question, Paul, you, in, in that thing you just read from Matt, that says that people can still do it, but they have to apply for a separate permit to have yeah, it so as apply, an Airbnb, right? And, that's yeah, a, and, and there's going to be a tax on that? No, you'd pay basically $110, I think, is the proposal to get the permit itself. Um, and then I'm actually reading right now, it says the bylaw would enable the city to issue fines up to 100,000. Now, obviously that's just like, you know, worst case scenario. Um, it says the terms of enforcement by the city, they, they basically would establish a maximum number of guests permitted. So if you get a permit, it, it'll say like how many, what the maximum number is based on the floor plan. Um, and they could further reduce that number based on safety and noise, noise concerns. It says, so maybe, you know, in a really downtown, if you're renting a condo downtown and you have neighbors on either side, you know, they might limit the, the capacity that you can have in that unit. Um, could suspend or revoke a host permit for violating the bylaw, for example, by facilitating a party house. Um, could use special fines under the Municipal Act to eliminate or reduce any potential economic gain from contravening the bylaw. I mean, so, it's primarily yeah, so for both primary residents, though. So it's yes, not, you yeah. know, you're not, you're not taking your rental property anymore and, and turning and having that as an Airbnb is effectively what they're so, getting okay, away so from. So that's, that's my question. So they're completely getting away from that. Like that, you can't even apply for a permit for that at all. Correct. So as an example, you know, I have uh, I have a mixed use property uh, in Centertown that we have, uh, you know, a business on the ground floor, the apartment above we've, you know, Paul staying there right now for long-term we've had, you know, tenants, you know, tenants for periods of time in 2019, uh, we used it briefly as an Airbnb. We wouldn't be able to, we have it in a corporation. Uh, you know, it's not a primary residence. We would not be able to list it on any of those platforms as an example. So Matt, okay. Matt is saying that it still does need to be passed by council. Um, mm -hmm. and he says the first step would be education before enforcement and it's a three-year pilot. So it would, uh, it would be brought into force with a focus on education. And are there other cities doing this right now? Toronto. Do we know? Toronto brought it Toronto. in in 20 Toronto brought it in 2019 and they were actually taken the city was taken to court uh by a uh, a group uh that were looking to fight it and and they they lost that challenge. It was about a year and a half and then it got instituted in in end of 2019. So there was I know they saw a ripple where there was an, an, a lot of supply that came back on the market. 
uh, for condos and things like that. But yeah, Toronto, Toronto had about a year and a half legal battle of, uh, of, you know, property owners fighting the city on it. And, and in 2019 they lost and it went, uh, it got instituted. I believe that's roughly around the timelines. Hmm. Yeah. Greg, aside from condos, what have you seen as far as listings coming out? Like, are they still, they still, I don't know if you have those numbers off the top of your head, but I know last uh, week we saw like double the listings come out. I have to assume yeah. that we're trending the same way. I don't, I don't have any numbers for that today. Like I can tell you, I did, I did four transactions in the last like, week and a half. Um, and it's just, and, and, uh, for, for, again, for whatever reason, most of it was in Orleans. Um, but you know, the, the, the whole shift is that everyone's kind of confused of how to list a property now. Mm-hmm. You know, and and there's a lot of misinformation, and then there's a lot of things that are just still selling at astronomical amounts, and then there's another home that might be similar coming out, listing it at a similar price, and it's just sitting. And then on offer day, they're getting no offers, and then they're relisting it a few hours later, fifty thousand, seventy five thousand dollars higher, because that's mm-hmm. the price that they were expecting. I saw that happen on three properties this week. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know you mentioned that the, last week as well. So that this is obviously a common, a common it's, trend. It's a common thing. And what we're seeing now is the no conveyance thing is kind of going away. It's, I know I mentioned this before too, but you know, it's more of the preemptive thing, but we are seeing properties come out with just a 24 hour irrevocable or, um, or it's just on the market come in, not holding offers, which I think is amazing. Um, you know, but then it's like, I, I, I did a sale on a listing I had the other day and we were listed competitively. And, but we were worried that we weren't going to get a certain amount. Like we had a target in mind and then the offers came in and they weren't what we wanted. And then all of a sudden last minute, the software came in and it was fantastic. Um, and I don't even know if in a month from now it would have happened like that. So there's still, there's still an urgency, um, to buy. The prices are still going up on average. You know, it's, it's, the numbers are still good, but it's definitely balancing out, um, but there's a little bit of confusion because some people are listing re- like really low now to get to get the people through the door because the number of showings I'm finding is is down. Gets the people Definitely. going. Eh? I don't know. It's <laughs> it's it's wild. Like you really have like it's day by day. You got to look. You got to mm-hmm. look and just and see what's going on. Because, it made me uh, think of uh, I think it was an old Saturday Night Live skit. The uh, lowered expectations. Oh, you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that song was yeah. just ringing through my head. <clears throat> you're talking. But but yeah, it, it's business <laughs> as usual. I mean, there's more more and more coming out every day. There's more options for buyers. I mean, I'm going out. You know, I'm looking at. Uh, I can easily look at four or five at a time now, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to one. So uh, yeah. I mean, it's It's rock and roll. It's still good. good. It's good for buyers. You know, that's a good thing for buyers. Um, You know, it's, it's still good for sellers out there as well. It's just setting those expectations, you know, that pricing the property properly. And I think, I I think, let me add just because I don't want anyone listening to just be confused here. I I know it's already confusing enough. (laughs) The, if your house is amazing, you're, you're still going to get top dollar. Okay. Basically, no matter what, I'm not saying it depending on where you list it, but that's a discussion for you and your realtor. But what, what I am seeing is that homes coming out that are not top notch, trying to list and compete yes. in that realm and expecting those results. So that's, that's where there's a little bit of an, of an issue and a disconnect, I think, between the agents and the sellers. Um, 
you know, I'm hoping to see more of those come out listed more competitively for what they are. But uh, that's that's the problem. Yeah, I think that's a, that's think a big when, problem. I think when we saw that big spike, there was people, as you said, that might have had like, you know, if you have a range, let's just take row houses because every row house you have a range of, let's just say, you know, 400 to 550. It could be on the same street, even depending on, you know, finished basement, yard size, lot, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But the people that might have been in that 425 range, they might have seen someone overpay for a similar model at, at 500. And now they just assume that their place is also worth that 500 when really it should be in the 425 Absolutely. range, right? So mm-hmm. um, there is kind of that misconception that if a home sells on your street, that you're going to get equal to or greater than. And that's just not always the case, right? There's There might be this the right buyer for that specific house that had to buy, that had to overpay. Like there's also every single transaction is a different scenario. I mean, we see it all the time. People, people ask us, uh, you know, can we do this or that? It's like, well, you're like, you could work at the exact same employment, uh, have the exact same position, have even the same salary as someone else, but you won't have the same buying power. You know, like there, there's so many different things that go into both the financing and the reasons why people buy homes that you can just never make any assumptions as far as what your house is actually worth, right? It's going to be, it's, it's always going to be kind of rolling the dice. You have a ballpark. It's going to be between this and this, but you can't, you, you can't have those expectations of, well, you know, you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. Like if you're listing at 499, thinking you're going to get six and then you only get 575, like you're still going to walk away disappointed, even though you got 75,000 over asking, which yeah. I think is the wrong way to approach it. No. And, and I mean, like back to that, that, uh, what I was saying about not getting offers, it, it's crazy. Like I get, you know, you get, I show, I'm showing properties and I'm getting calls from the agents, Greg, you guys want to, they going in, or are they going to submit an offer? And I'm like, no, man. And I'm like, no offers. He's mm-hmm. like, no, you know? And they're like, I, I don't know what to do. Right. And then he's like, my client yeah. expects a certain amount. And I'm like, I know it's, uh, it's challenging, but, but you're like, as an agent, you're screwed. If you're not having the proper conversation with your sellers, mm-hmm. like you're just, you know, you're going to get fired. <laughs> and I think, I think that's uh, that goes in hand in hand with something we've talked about uh, a number of times when dealing with an agent that maybe doesn't do enough transactions as well. Like they're not doing enough deals that they're, they're having those conversations with their clients that are based on sales from a month and a half ago. Their finger isn't on the pulse of you know what places are actually going for, what they should be setting that expectation because it is fluctuating week by week. And what somebody got three weeks ago is not what you're going to get today. And it is a constantly evolving market. And so it's certainly someone, something where it's important to be with somebody that knows what they're doing, is constantly in the market. And, uh, and just listen the to the Auto Real Estate Podcast and stay in the loop. Just, you know? just listen to us. We were laughing. We were laughing. <laughs> or at do the, one deal uh, a year and just listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> we were laughing at the at the headlines coming out from uh, from the federal government and and CMHC and so on that are you know three weeks behind what uh, what's talked about on Tor Rep. <laughs> well, yeah, we exactly. think it might be a supply issue. So yeah, w- welcome to March 25th on the uh, Torep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um no, but it's true. I mean, I think we have a good uh kind of what we see so many like even Dave and I, you know, we see totally different clients all week even though we're in the same industry. Greg, you're seeing a whole different list of clients. So, I mean, we just have a lot of uh hands-on experience and we're seeing what's actually truly happening in the market, right? As we said, there's kind of a a delay if you're not actually actively in the market and you're just hearing what's going on, or if you're, you know, a policymaker or something like that, you're just not, you're not in it, right? You don't have the, uh, you know, you're, you're basically yeah. hearing it from the, from the sources as opposed to create like knowing it yourself. Right. It's true. You got, and, you got to be active. Sorry. You can't be one of those people that's just talking about all this stuff and not actually in it. You got to be fighting the fight. <laughs> 
Shall we well, roll into the mood boost, gentlemen? I was, I was just about to say, let's get into the mood boost. Great. It's, right. You know, why not? It's Friday. I got four today. And uh, for anyone who is a new to listening, basically we end the show with uh, with some mood boosts uh, from either uh, my brother or my father. And today I went two and two. So we'll see how this, uh, how this shakes out. And I'm not going to tell you which is which. We're just going to go. Number one. They're good today. Number one. What happened to the rancher who lost his cattle? Nobody's heard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Number two. I heard a story recently about two men who stole a calendar. They got six months each. <laughs> Goals. Number three. Why should you never date a tennis player? Because love means nothing to them. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, what is a quiet Hawaiian laugh? Aloha. Wow. Aloha. Those, those were all Aloha. fabulous. Fabulous. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to make the guess. First two were Bill. Last two were Tim. Um, I don't know if I should disclose. I think we just keep it, keep it a mystery. All right. <laughs> they're all fire. They're all fire. They're all fire to that's the most important. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, so again, we might as well reiterate for for anyone tuning in for the first time, this is the live recording of the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. We record every Friday, 10 a.m. on Facebook. Uh, and thank you for everyone that does tune in. I know a lot of people just kind of throw it on the background while they're working or cleaning or whatever they're doing. So thanks for everyone who tunes in live. Uh, and then the show itself we release Tuesday mornings at 10 o'clock. So I know there's some confusion around the YouTube channel. So on YouTube, we have two different playlists. We have one that is the full episode. And then we have another one that is kind of a, a key excerpt from the show itself. So you'll see there's kind of breakouts, which are usually about you know five to 10 minutes long. And then there's separate videos that are the full video. Uh, so Tuesdays at 10 a.m., we release everything. Uh, breakouts, full show. It's available on YouTube, uh, all of your podcast platforms, etc. And then for anyone who really wants to... Uh, to get the latest, you can listen Tuesday and then tune in Friday, and then you're getting you get the double down. You get the double down on the info. Please like and subscribe. We appreciate mm -hmm. you all. Yeah, we seriously, do. you guys are you guys are great. It's uh, we really appreciate the support. We're uh, we're growing rapidly now. April thirtieth is next Friday. It'll be the last one in April. We'll go out with a bang. Who should we, what should we do? Should we bring on? Uh, should we bring on? Um, no, I think no. I think we should answer questions next week. I think all it right. should be a question period. Q&A. Yeah. For, all Q those, a. for all those who have made it to the end here of this week's episode, please message us with any questions. Yeah. Facebook, YouTube. We'll hit Reddit too. We'll get on Reddit. We'll get on Reddit. Red Flag. We'll get, uh, we'll get some questions out there. And um, yeah, thanks to Mr. Luloff as well for, for giving us some insight on the uh, Airbnb stuff. And uh, thanks to all the listeners. We'll see you guys next Friday. Keep it... Uh, Keep it legal. Keep it vertical. You know, <laughs> have a great weekend. As always. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Deuces, everyone. Later. The Ottawa Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by Referral Mortgages, Blue Panda Realty, and Stephen Hopkins Video. Thanks for tuning in. And please remember to like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you.